So welcome everybody to a, another um, OSBD ITF video podcast. And today I'm absolutely delighted that we are chatting with Seema Gonzai, who um, so, so interesting, all the background that Seema's got. And I'm hoping that lots of that stuff will come out, known her for a long time, and just really delighted that she's with us today. So Seema, why don't you just give us a quick introduction to who you are and then we'll kick off. Okay, so, um, well, you know my name, Seema Gonsai, and um, I, I see myself as being a director in screen dance, uh, a visual artist, and also a director in film. So I kind of do short documentaries looking at the history and heritage of the region, which is Birmingham, where I'm staying at the moment. Um, yeah, so that's, so, that's, so that's me, really. Yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. And you, but you, you originate from up north, don't you? So. Oh, totally, yeah. Are you, yeah. <laughs> the minute you said that, I could hear it coming out of my voice. <laughs> yeah, so I was born and bred in Blackburn. Uh, I did that. I did the classic thing of, you know, staying staying there until I was eighteen, and then went to university uh, to study numerous numerous different film uh, courses, um, and then kind of was was slowly coming down from Blackburn to. Uh, Salford to uh, Manchester and then Birmingham and then kind of yeah I, I think I'm a, an adopted brummy now is how I see myself and staying here I think staying here for good yeah brilliant and then so for you I mean what what was it that first sort of drew drew you to film and obviously you, you've expressed that you went to university but kind of as you started to emerge as a filmmaker you know how was that for you and how did that begin to happen Okay, so uh, I think about that quite a lot. I was really lucky, I think, when I was at my secondary school, a module came out in media. And, um, you know, when I was at school, I, was, I wasn't particularly academic at all. Uh, I had dyslexia as well. So this media module came up and um, I thought, well, that would be a good thing for me because I'm a very visual person. So I did that. And then that kind of spiraled after that. So I feel, I feel very, very lucky that at the age of like 13, I did something and then stuck to it. So, and that just, you know, I did really well in film. It was just the right, the right sort of medium for me to communicate and, and write and, and you know, make things, you know, be very practical. Um, and then, yeah, just carried it on, just, you know, carried it on and carried, carried on in film, really. But at the time, um, around that time as well, um, there was a lot of, uh, being from an Indian background, um, we have Diwali and lots of different ceremonial things that happen throughout the year. We have lots of different festivals. And I would always be, because I was the, the media girl, I was always yeah, asked to film all of the festivals, you know, just, just standard, put the camera on a tripod. And it was quite nice to kind of be asked to do those sort of things because, you know, nobody else was studying media when I was growing up. I think it was a really new thing to bring it into schools. And so, yeah, it was like, oh, get Seema out. She'll, she'll, she'll put the thing. And it was, it was nice to be in that sort of position of, you know, being a bit, being seen as a bit of an expert within, within those circles. So I did that for years. And, that, and I guess that, that's what made me continue doing film, you know, until, until I left to study at uni. I mean, I mean that's, that's really interesting to hear that. Just one thing that would fascinate me, though, is that obviously in terms of you then sort of moving on from kind of being in that position where people wanted you to capture stuff 
around your own culture, your own traditions, your own community, etc. When you started to branch out and this was going to be your career, you know, this is going to be what you were going to do with your life. It wasn't going to be just some kind of hobby. Was, was that something that there was no barrier to that? Or, you know, was that something that you found a little bit of resistance towards? Did you, did you struggle at all with, you know, the sense in which, well, I I don't see many role models out there that look, you know, very much like me. So how's this going to work out for me? Yeah. So I think, I think, um, I didn't face any barriers really, because I think it was really just about luck. Um, so, so yes, I mean, that being introduced at my secondary school, I think my, my father's quite academic. And so he, he wanted me and my siblings to, you know, he came to this country to give, you know, for an education, for us all to have an education. So I think, I think, you know, my dad at the time was very encouraging that if you're good at something, continue it, you know. And I remember going to uh, college and wanting to impress my family by saying, oh, I'm going to do psychology and sociology. And he took me aside and he went, look, I know you really want to try your best academically, but it's not your thing you know it's not your thing I mean I was very dyslexic so and he said I know you're interested in these things but I really think you need to do the media course that has just opened which is why I'm lucky you know this the Blackburn College had just opened up a full like uh, course that had a full tv studio in it and stuff and he said I really think you should do that and he, he actually signed me up on it so he was he was very kind of encouraging in the sense that yes you, you need to go to college you need to go to uni you need to be academic but I think you need to play on your strengths and I'm really glad that he did that because otherwise I would have done what all the other students were doing at the time particularly Asian um, background who were going into being doctors and you know studying studying uh, subjects that were that were very academic and I was just wanted to follow suit, but he was, he was very kind of like, no, do, do what, do what you're good at. Um, so that was, that was encouraging. And then I went to uni to do it. So he was very happy about that. But the, I think when I spent many years in uni after that, I think it was more of a, Oh, you're still doing this now. You know, and I went to, I went to three universities in the end and I came to Birmingham to do a master's. Um, and, yeah you know and then my age was getting higher and higher and I think um I think I think by then they were they were kind of like oh well she's actually going to do this and I think maybe in their minds were thinking yeah you know she'll she'll get a few qualifications that'd be good but but yeah and so now now they're, they're totally you know very very uh supportive and very 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 happy with what I'm doing so I think I was lucky really mm. to be encouraged in that way yeah, I mean, I think that's fantastic. I mean, that's what I think everybody needs, really, isn't that kind of baseline encouragement of, of family and, and parents or a parent in particular, you know, to encourage you on, particularly, I guess, for when, you know, within creative stuff, always there's a, an element of kind of self-doubt that can creep in at times. I mean, do you think, do you think that's kind of, obviously your experience wouldn't be unique, but do you think in general, sort of you know young women coming from your background would they would they get that kind of support to get into the media do you see things that are around that are helping to change that at all well yeah i mean i think i think particularly now as 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 these sort of courses and being able to use you know the technology that we have access to um is a lot more encouraging you know a lot more people are doing media media is a part of our lives you know, self-promotion, 
um, the internet, all of these things are there. I think when I was started out, none of those things were there. And what was the biggest thing was BBC. You know, that was the end goal. If you were from um, an Asian background, the, the end goal was you will get a job at the BBC. You know, that's a really good job to have because it's a job for life. Um, and I think, I think in some ways that's a bit harder because what I, what I wanted to do was not that. You know, mm. I didn't want the job at the BBC. Um, for, for different reasons, for lots of different reasons. I mean, d dyslexia was, a, was something that held me back, which is why I always thought that's not for me um, when I was growing up, that is. But I think today, I've, you know, I don't see a lot of um, female Asian um, directors slash programmers, because I'm programming screen dances, but I don't see many women that are independent filmmakers. Um, and so, and so I hope, I hope that is being encouraged a lot more, but certainly within my networks, I don't see a lot of that, but I'm hoping that now with the access to technology and access to get on, getting onto courses, things like that, that being an independent filmmaker is much easier than what it was when I was growing up. So it was certainly hard, you know, it was great. I was being encouraged, but then, um, you know, I think, the, I think there was a, there's an air of disappointment that you've not you've not got that one job that everybody feels you should be in, which is in broadcast, you know, any, any sort of channel, some sort of broadcast would, was the end goal. So, so yeah, I think if, I'm not, I'm unsure if young people are battling with that at the moment, whether their sites are, are for broadcast. Um, but I feel like the, 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 the net is much wider now. Um, and I, and I hope like the second generation, third generation of uh, Indian heritage families are, are now opening up their, their minds to sort of different platforms that media can be on, you know? And so it's not just broadcast TV, it can be anything from social media to video content, to making, to making short films and feature films. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't see many women, but, um, but you know, I just hope, I hope that changes. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that the whole diversity issue has been, you know, there's, there's lots that have been going on. If you look at the BFI and, you know, regional kind of agencies and organisations and academia, et cetera, I think things have slowly been, you know, going in the right direction. Um, I think that the, the interesting issue that you raise, I think, is something that kind of pans across all, all kind of cultures, backgrounds and traditions quite often where, you know, young people are, are wanting to go into, particularly if they're wanting to go into independent film, filmmaking as opposed to oh, I'm going to pursue a career at Sky or the BBC or you know wherever it might be which, which sounds a little bit more secure you know um, actually if they want to take that route where they're you know maybe going to be a freelancer or self-employed or set up their own small production company etc cetera, etc cetera, and have ambitions to you know write produce direct or you know whatever it might be that's always going to be a little bit of a harder and a tougher path so question two is you know, what, why did you have the drive you know to do that you've mentioned the dyslexia stuff but also I know that you're you know you really have a fantastic creative drive and appetite for the things that you're doing so maybe just give us a little bit of a, a clue about how you navigated that and found yourself to where you are today okay so there's um so there's a couple of a couple of things that really uh i guess cemented why i wanted to go into film and one of the one of the major things was coming from blackburn and being brought up in a in a in a town at the time that has such diversity in its people and 
listening to the stories from my community of growing up in a place like Blackburn and settling in a place like Blackburn really gave me um, a really good background of stories. You know, people constantly telling me their story of coming here um, and the struggles that we all faced in, in integrating and, uh, and becoming part of a, a community that was different to ours. Um, and I end, I, we ended up growing up in quite a, a white working class area of Blackburn. Um, because my, my parents were very much kind of, they were all for integration. And so I think subliminally, all of these kind of uh, teachings were in my head. Um, that, that in parallel with a very strong, with a very kind of um, strong Indian heritage. Um, and so I danced for a couple of years. I did Indian classical dance, which is a, a form of um, the Hindu religion. And so I did that for about... Uh, three to four years. I wasn't very good at it, but you know, I did do it for a few years and it just so happened then that the two kind of collided. Um, so there's something very visual, rhythmic, colourful, vibrant uh, about Indian classical dance and musical and it's all about telling stories and folklore. Um, and then, and then you know, you're growing up in Blackburn where, where you've got the challenges and wanted to be part of the community. Somehow they both started to come together in, in what I was making. So, um, so as I was going through university and learning just, you know, the nuts and bolts of how to use a camera and how to edit back in the day, you at VHS and whatever technology was, limited technology there was out there, you know, the, the more limited technology you have, the more storytelling skills you've got to adapt, you know, because it's not about what you can quickly film on your phone and then turn into something. Um, it was about doing the research of what your ideas were, um, very much then my work was full of a lot of lived experiences for, of my own and those were the people that are around me um, and then this rhythmical side of dance and music it just kind of came through so um, I kind of was really interested in, in telling stories through documentary telling um, as well as then making screen dance work which is basically a collaboration of music dance and film and bringing those three languages together um, and um, so, yeah, so those were the, those were the significant things. When I, when I came to, to Birmingham, um, you know, I'd never been in such a diverse city before, you know, and, and actually um, coming here, I'd, I'd never seen so many Asian people before, you know, I was like, this is, this is really different, you know, I'm not, I'm not used to, not used to this. And it just so happened that, you know, the Arts Council in Birmingham were, were really trying to, um, encourage artists from digital backgrounds, film backgrounds to, to make work, you know. Um, so, I, so I kind of went for it with Arts Council. I had no idea how to write the bids or anything like that, but I just so happened to say to them that, you know, I'm, I'm into film, I'm into dance, uh, I'm into movement, um, you know, I really want to really do something. And um, so then this a project called Cycle Dialogues was born which was um, myself going off on a bicycle to about seven countries across the world uh, on my own, exploring countries and places through lived experiences. So kind of exploring how people live in those countries, people telling me their stories, but then I'm still getting the physical side of it, the movement side of it, which was being on the bicycle and moving through, through the countries. And I think that was like a signature project for me. And that was, I was able to experiment with all of these uh, different ways of working, bringing together the stories and the physicality of experiencing things. 
Um, and then, and then after that, you know, I think my work kind of started to define itself in screen dance. That was quite long. Yeah, and, and I'm, as you know, I'm a huge fan of your, your your cycle diary stuff. There's, you know, the cycle dialogues and everything that the, the amazing journeys that you went on. Um, so yeah, viewer, you know, go and check out those. Um, just explain a little bit about screen dance because some people might not you know really understand what what that means is, is is that pop video is it is it more artistic is it you know is it storytelling what, what what is screen dance so screen dance is a collaboration between cinematography um dance and dance basically it's been it's it's, it's been called many different things over the years but it is a an art form and a genre in itself it's so niche <laughs> a lot of people still don't know it's around but it's actually been around for for many many years you know I, I wouldn't know how many years I don't know maybe 40 50 years um and so it's it's where the two the two languages meet so it's it's framing it's creating a film a very artistic some would say abstract and experimental film that it tells a story through the body, through the use of the body. So you're not, it still can be narrative based, but you're not scripting it. It's not right. with words. It's told, told purely through movement. Um, so, that's, so, that's, uh, so that's what screen dance is. You know, it, it's very hard to define it because um, it has so many different sort of um, arms to it. You know, yeah. some people can go down the academic route of really looking at the, that the language between what the camera and the and the the body is trying to say, and some some routes can be purely narrative films that are just that are told through dance and the camera catching it, capturing it, um, and some are maybe just very very abstract. Um, but yeah, so screen dance is is an ever evolving art form. I'd say it's certainly not pop video because pop videos are selling music. It's not about selling anything. It's about the three things coming together from the very beginning and you creating something using all three, three art forms, which is in my eyes, dance, music and film. So yeah. it's highly collaborative. Um, it has exactly the same production process as, of any short drama or any short or any feature. Um, it's not a documentary. So I'm just trying to eliminate what yeah, it is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you have exactly the same production process. So, you know, you've got the same budget, you've got the same crew, um, but obviously those crew members need to be versatile in the sense that they know how to capture film. Um, and the addition to the crew members is you don't have a cast, but you have dancers, um, but you have a choreographer who is almost like co-directing the piece. Um, but I'm the director, so my role is usually the director that brings all of that together um, and kind of brings that vision to life on film. Fantastic. Well, we'll, we'll when this is all made and, and goes out, we'll put some links, uh, you know, in, in the description and stuff so people can go and have a look and, and experience that for themselves. But that sounds sounds really fascinating. I, I love the, 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 the idea of bringing the language of you know, what cinematography does and what, what dance in the body does and how they can kind of help elevate, I suppose, one another for, for the kind of the audience's experience of what you're trying to, trying to tell. Um, now, you, I'm not going to say your age or anything or how long you've been doing this, but you've been around for a while, Seema. If you could go back and say something to your, you know, emerging self 
um, in those first years as you're beginning to kind of see where you're going, think what you're doing. Is there anything that you can kind of look on now with the experience that you have, you know, so far to, to say back to yourself, perhaps to, to help you at that point that might be useful to our viewers? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest, one of the biggest things I would say to my younger self, and I'm talking to the 13, 14, 15 year old who wanted, who liked film, um, that hold on to your uniqueness because, you know, at that age, it was, it was not an easy time to grow up, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a town like Blackburn. And so you, you, you do everything you can to kind of, um, integrate but also fit in to a certain extent you know so and so some of the your uniqueness which back then would have been a i'm indian b i'm, I'm a girl i'm a female uh, c i'm interested in all these different things i'm very very sporty for some reason i'm very very sporty cycled everywhere in blackburn which is probably why i cycle cycle now you've got amazingly unique pot of amazing elements there that make you seem a um and so I would, you know, if I was to, if I was to go back in that time, I probably don't, not just from 14, I would say up, up until you 18, 20, 21, you mm. know, all of those years where you still, you know, wouldn't a bit confused about, not confused about your identity, but kind of a bit, a bit challenged by it because you, you feel different. You think you're different. Um, I would say, no, embrace, embrace your uniqueness because that's what will get you where you're going to be. Um, and I think particularly if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have done the work that I now do um, with disabilities. Um, and the, you know, I've just, if I look back on the, the last six years, most of the screen dance work has been all about working with learning disabled dancers or, or disabled arts or dance. And it's because I've, I have, um, I guess, that insight you know, and, um, and for me, I'm incredibly inspired and passionate about making sure that I, I profile uniqueness in some way. And we're all unique, you know, um, but I certainly would, I certainly would, would want to have told myself that when I was younger. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really good. And that's, uh, it's fantastic advice for, for anybody really starting, I guess, in some ways, you know, it's brilliant advice for anybody of any age, particularly if you're trying to emerge as a filmmaker. Because I think you can, it's very easy to think that you're going to have to be a certain way or a certain type of person or just do certain types of things. And actually what, what people are crying out for is, is that uniqueness and that uniqueness of voice, which is you, you know. Um, so that's, uh, that's great advice. Well, um, just to end on briefly then, just obviously we've all been living through this kind of crazy time and COVID-19, the pandemic and everything that's affected and and change things but I know it's it's certainly not deterred you and you're as busy as ever and you're dynamic in all sorts of things that you're doing so just give us a little bit of a kind of what are your hopes for 2021 going forward wow well um certainly now since covid there's been a lot of interest in in um people diversifying the arts and, and moving moving into digital forms and everything's going digital at the moment which is why it's so which is why I'm so busy, um, and 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 being able to tell story, you know, that the, 
how how the arts is a really powerful medium um and so yeah so i've been i've been kind of working with um more charity-based organizations who are trying to to use the arts in order to profile who they are and what they do so for mental health or world mental health and things like that so i think i think the future the future for me um is to just carry on kind of diversifying myself in terms of what i can do with film um, and i've got i've got quite a lot of uh different different projects in the pipeline that i really want i hope will take off by by april um next year um and i think i think it's thinking of yeah, it's, it's certainly making me be more imaginative with the way that I'm working as well. So I don't right. know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, well, I well, forgot your question, to be honest. <laughs> well, I guess it, well, it, just, it, just sounds like, it just sounds like you've got, you got a lot. You've got a lot of stuff that you're obviously doing and in development on and, and hopeful despite the pandemic of where you can be heading. And I think you, you're right. I, mean, I, I think despite, and this is often the way in life, isn't it, when, when hardships and difficulties and struggles come, it also cracks open new potential and new opportunities. And I think that's the one thing that I think potentially we can be as independent filmmakers, you know, is we're, we're quite adaptable, you know, uh, and, and, and entrepreneurial in some ways at, at looking at how things might be shaping up. But, it's been absolutely brilliant to chat to you, Seema, and you, that's been some some really great stuff that you've uh, sort of talked through there. So thank you so much. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure this won't be the last time that we chat to you or that you're in some way involved in in what we're trying to do with uh, helping to develop, you know, emerging film talent amongst young people. But thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thanks, Pip. It's been nice to be able to have a chat and just, uh, yeah, go, go down trip down memory lane as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's been good. And uh, thank you for watching and don't forget, go and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Please share, make sure this is a completely free resource. You know, go and have a look at the OSBD website. If you're between the ages of 18 and 25, we've got a free online film community there that you can join and become part of. Um, and uh, yeah, all the best for everyone. Take care now. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye.